Comair, which operates low-cost airline Kalula and domestic British Airways flights, was grounded last Saturday with all flights cancelled with immediate effect. The South African Civil Aviation Authority made the decision after a series of safety incidents at Comair. Late on Wednesday evening, the suspension was lifted, however, after emergency meetings between Comair and the South African Civil Aviation Authority. I'm Catherine Rice. And I'm Amy Gibbings. And you're listening to The Story, where we'll talk to News24 journalists and experts about the latest on the Comair saga. The South African Civil Aviation Authority said the safety incidents ranged from engine failures, engine malfunction and landing gear malfunctions, among others. We're now joined by Business Insider's Luke Daniel. This caused a lot of chaos for people traveling in South Africa. I mean, it's a major inconvenience when your flight gets cancelled. Can you tell us a bit about the safety concerns behind the suspension, Luke? So it all started going wrong for Comair in in February. On the 10th of February, there was an incident where a Kalula flight departing Lanseria was on its way to Cape Town and was forced to divert after an engine malfunction. And then a couple of weeks later, a British Airways flight also had to divert after landing gear issues. And the last straw, I think, for for Comair and for the Civil Aviation Authority was on the 7th, when on the same route between Lanseria and Cape Town, there was another diversion, another Kalula flight, because of an engine malfunction. So that's when the audit started, and that's what really raised red flags, was three incidents in the space of under a month. The lifting of the suspension, it was quite a surprise as initially CAA said it was an indefinite suspension. What are your comments on this? I think I'd be a little concerned stepping onto one of their flights after the suspension was lifted so soon. Yeah, so it's interesting. The the Aviation Authority initially implemented a 24-hour suspension and then implemented an indefinite suspension. And we knew quite early on that there were intense discussions uh, between Comair and the authority to to rectify those notices and those alerts that had been raised. We know that by Tuesday, one of the alert uh, notices of notice level one had already been resolved. Um, so I don't think it's surprising that the it was resolved within five days or within a week. Um, I think that both parties were actively trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, and competing airlines were tentatively bringing new capacity and additional capacity into the air with the warning that Comair's, Kalula and uh, British Airways flights would return to the sky pretty quickly. The impact has been quite significant with domestic airline capacity cut by more than 40%. What does this mean for the consumer in terms of the impact on the cost of flying domestically? So we saw costs rise dramatically in the first 24 to 48 hours after that initial suspension. Um, And this was compounded by a number of things. One, it was the Cape Town cycle tour. So people were wanting to get from Cape Town to Joburg and and return. Um, And on the weekend, prices are generally higher. When you take 40% of the capacity away, seats available on other aircraft that are still flying fill up dramatically um, and very quickly. And the last seats to be booked on an airline are always the most expensive. That's just the, 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 bucket, uh, the price bucket system that they use. The question around price gouging is one that the Competition Commission is investigating. You know, I can't comment on whether airlines did or did not. Um, but 
it, it is suspicious. And, you know, we were seeing flights one way from Joburg to Cape Town stretching upwards of 4,000, 5,000 rand, um, which is hugely expensive. Uh, but again, um, it, it needs to be viewed within the greater context of, yes, removing 40% capacity from, from airlines in South Africa. Um, coupled with the weekend, the, the, the long weekend, um, and a time where generally travel is, is increased. So it, it, it really was the perfect storm for, for consumers, unfortunately. What routes were impacted most? And will travelers be refunded in full for cancelled flights? So all routes were impacted. Um, you know, the main route, Cape Town, Joburg, was was heavily impacted. When we looked at the data and available seats um, shortly after the, the suspension was made indefinite, um, you know, very few seats were available before the long weekend. And those seats that were available were incredibly expensive. Um, so, so all routes were affected. Cape Town, Joburg is the busiest route uh, domestically. But it also has the highest capacity. There's more aircraft flying daily uh, between Cape Town and Joburg. So although capacity was constrained, um, it is still a busy route. When you look at routes like Joburg-Durban, um, East London, George, those routes were as impacted because although they don't have as many passengers traveling daily, they also don't have as many airlines operating daily. So it was across the board that there was a shortage of seats. And will travelers be refunded in full for canceled flights? So Comair initially said that they wouldn't be refunding travelers and that instead of cash refunds, uh, they would be credited to a travel wallet, which essentially allows travelers to book on a flight in future. Um, but this was hugely criticized. People who travel and have paid to travel, um, when that doesn't happen through no fault of their own, um, want money back in their accounts. They may not want to travel in future. They may have had to make uh, arrangements in the interim um, and need that cash pretty quickly. The short answer is, if you've applied for a refund, you're not going to get it anytime soon. But cash refunds, Comair has been highly hesitant to, to offer those um, or to even comment on those in public. Comair has been in business rescue since 2020, so its troubles aren't over. Can you comment on that? Comair is in trouble financially and, and operationally. Um, you know, the coronavirus pandemic has been hugely uh, negative for the aviation industry in general. Now, Comair entered business rescue shortly after we entered a, a national state of disaster because of the pandemic. Um, and that, that business rescue process is, is still going on. Added to that fact, you may remember that during one of the lockdown levels, travel to and from Gauteng was, was prohibited uh, because Gauteng was designated as a hotspot area for infection. During that time, Comair flights grounded. And I think it was for about two months that they actually grounded. So add that to business rescue to the beginning of lockdown when no flights were going. Um, you know, Comair and its, its airlines, Kalula and British Airways that it operates, are, are in trouble financially. Um, they just haven't been able to really get off the ground since other airlines have. And like I said, you know, the pandemic hasn't been good to, to the aviation sector, 
but there are other airlines, uh, competing airlines, that, that have managed to survive. And we saw, even during the pandemic, our own national car carrier reemerge. You know, so Kalula's operating, Kalula and British Airways operated by Comair, they're, they're operating in a different space now and a much more competitive space than before the pandemic. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it's worrying for them. It's worrying for a company that's an airline company that's over 80 years old. That was Business Insider's Luke Daniel. Thank you for joining us. You're actually our first guest in studio, so well done. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you very much. We're now joined by aviation expert and managing director at Plane Talking, Lyndon Burns. Lyndon, thanks so much for your time. The CEA said there were level one and level two findings, but what does that actually mean? Well, apart from uh, just the urgency categorization, which level one and level two uh, refer to, uh, apart from that, we're all in the dark. There's, there have been very opaque and vague um, in, to the point of actually not providing information other than we made these findings and, and you know, three of them were, were very urgent and very serious and, uh, and, and others were less urgent. We don't know what they what they actually refer to, other than again that they they are somehow related to uh, safety and quality management, but they've not actually taken us into their confidence and spelled it out and and helped uh, anybody make you know informed uh, develop any informed thoughts on on the whole thing, and it certainly doesn't bode well for the CAA any more than it bodes well for Comair because. You know, all this does it creates an information vacuum, and uh, and an information vacuum just fuels speculation and conjecture, and you know, people develop theories and conspiracy theories, and uh, it, you know, it, it's just really not helpful. I mean, Lyndon, is there a systemic problem with aviation safety in the country? Do we need to be concerned? I don't think we do, and I, you know, look, uh, I think vigilance. Uh, is a crucial part of safety oversight. You've got to have, you know, proper proper oversight and proper management systems uh, and, and and good practices. And our safety record, when we talk about it in in the context of airline operations, is exemplary, and has been for decades now. I think the last, uh, you know, serious accident in the, you know where we had fatalities involving you know large commercial jet transport was the Helderberg in 1987 so there's been a you know enormous progress in in developing safety and improving safety in South Africa and we are a benchmark so I don't think that there's that level of you know that that, that, that people need to be as you know people don't need to panic but what worries me is that you know, the Civil Aviation Authority has a propensity to ground airlines as a, um, almost as a matter of first resort rather than last resort. Grounding an airline should be, you know, something that you, you only do after you've exhausted every other method and instrument at your disposal to uh, enforce safety and to encourage, um, you know, anyone who you think is not being safe to, to jack up their systems and, and get with the program. But here, you know, the, that's not the case. You know, we've probably got the highest number of 
of groundings that happen when airlines are grounded. And, you know, we, we, we've got an unfortunate track record in that sense. And every time that it's happened, it's raised questions that the Civil Aviation Authority has not been able to adequately answer uh, other than hiding behind this general notion of, well, it's in the interests of safety. But Lyndon, I mean, the CEAA has recently also had its own credibility questioned. Can mm. you tell us about that? Sure. So the Civil Aviation Authority uh, lost one of its own aircraft and flight crew, uh, their, their, their flight inspection team, in a terrible accident in uh, early 2020. And uh, the accident investigating report was published a few weeks ago um, to avoid a conflict of interest. The Minister of Transport, Fakili Balula approached um, uh, a third party, in this case, the Ethiopian Air Accident uh, Investigating Bureau, and asked them to lead the investigation because you can't have a situation really where you know, the Civil Aviation Authority is investing, investigating itself and its own accident. And, and in its findings, it, it, it pointed out a number of shortcomings with the CAA's own safety, in-house safety uh, practices and procedures and systems. And so that didn't uh, do a lot to instill confidence within the industry. We all look to it to do its role properly, um, professionally, uh, consistently, and impartially, you know, without fear or favor. And, um, you know, it's taken its own shortcuts according to this. And now, of course, it wants to dispute that, but it's not, again, explained why it was unhappy with this. And then we had other incidents before, you know, if we go back, we had uh, the grounding of Semir, we had the grounding of SA Express. Then in late 2019, the CAA grounded SAA and Comair and Mango, uh, you know, for a couple of days. And then, you know, uh, and then last year we had this bizarre situation where the CAA granted a number of exemptions to South African Airways for a flight that was really a PR stunt to go and fetch vaccines from Brussels. And on takeoff, the you know the air crew flying that airplane you know got into trouble, and um, the aircraft came within within meters of crashing, and yet the Civil Aviation Authority in that case declined to investigate. So you know people looked within the industry, people looked to the CIA for that consistency and that impartiality, um, and, and and for it to act independently and professionally. It's it's staffed with a lot of very honest, diligent, professional people with plenty of resource. Um, so th th there's no excuse for it not to be doing its job. Lyndon, I mean, of course, aviation safety needs to be taken very seriously, but there hasn't mm. been much detail as to what is happening behind the scenes. I think you described it as an mm. information vacuum. Um, vacuum. What's your response to that? To me, it's just not helpful. You know, it's in everyone's interest that we have uh, a degree of transparency here. I, I mean, I know it's a fine balance. Nobody wants to, to, to sow panic and safety is not a binary. It's not black or white. Um, you know, it, it's all about managing risk and probability. Uh, and, you know, nobody wants uh, to cause a crisis of confidence in the whole safety system in the country. 
but that also requires a degree of transparency on the part of the of the safety regulator, in this case the CAA, as much as it does with industry. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the CAA derives eighty percent of its revenue from fare-paying passengers who pay a statutory charge on every air ticket that is sold in South Africa. That charge is called the passenger safety charge, and it goes right to the CAA's bottom line. Similarly, the airlines all pay uh, charges and fees for every licensed uh, member of personnel, every, um, you know, if, if it does its own maintenance, it has to pay for licenses and approvals and certificates, and there's all sorts of compliance fees and charges. So, you know, the, the, there's also that element that, hey, you know, if we're paying good money, uh, we should be able to get good answers. But I do understand that there's a fine balance. But I think in this case, uh, perhaps the silence is, uh, and, and the lack of information is just raising more questions and is not helping the CAA uh, in addressing and promoting uh, safety and, and public confidence in the way that it should be doing. Agreed. I think it's definitely fueling speculation and you know, people just want to know what's actually going on. Thank you so much for your time, Lyndon. I really appreciate it. That was aviation expert and managing director of Plane Talking, Lyndon Burns. That's all we have time for this week. I'm Catherine Rice. And I'm Amy Gibbings. Join us again next week for The Story. <laughs>